clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I am Jeremiah James, and I am just a guy who likes talking about sex. And I'm super tan, and I'm back from vacation, and I feel like a million dollars. Like, I feel like I'm in a zen place right now, Doc. Do you feel that from your vacation? I- Yeah, I mean, I don't know to the same degree of intensity as you, but yeah. Well, you know me, Doc. I feel everything at 110%. (laughs) You sure do. You sure do. Excellent. (laughs) And we're back, folks. The Doc is back from vacation. I'm back from vacation. I have the most amazing golden brown tan. I want our fans out there to think about this for a minute because it... I worked so hard at this tan because I was in Hawaii. And I'm not trying to brag because I'm not like super. I mean, you're, like, you're, you, you are bragging. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm way too humble to brag, Doc. I'm just saying that I just happened to go. I had to go there because there was a wedding. My wife was in the wedding and I suffered through it. I suffered through it. And I worked really <sighs> hard at my tan and I'm feeling very golden brown and crispy. And it feels great to be back seeing your wonderful face, Doc. How have you been? You good? Pretty good. I'm pretty good. I would like to go on the record. I'm actually still on vacation, and you told me I had to work this week. <laughs> so. All right. All right. Just give away a little of the behind the scenes. But that's oh, there's a reason. <laughs> there was a reason, okay? Because, you yes, know. Yes, an exciting reason, yes, and I was more very, than happy uh, to do it. Exactly. Super excited because today, as we were saying in our repeat rewind episode of last week when you heard my glorious voice, we have former adult film star joining us today. Her name is Nolina Nix. Nolina, welcome to the University of Pleasure. Hello, thanks for having me on. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. This has been so exciting for us. Okay, first of all, for like the 13-year-old boy version of me, who's like super excited, like literally like, uh, you know, like an excited little chihuahua, like sitting there shaking, like, oh my God, I'm gonna, this is great. Because I've never met, in all my travels, Nolina, I have never met an adult film star. And as our fans know, I am a very big advocate for sex workers and a huge advocate of the industry in general. I'm a big fan. The doc and I talk about using pornography in our sexual buffets with our partners to help our partners find ways to connect. And, you know, or 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 oneself or oneself. (laughs) Exactly. And so to actually be talking to a former star of the industry who's also going to because look, we all have those questions. Those questions are coming because I, I can't, I'm not going to be able to help myself. Okay. You're going to get all the, to the trope questions that you probably have had to answer a hundred times. So I apologize ahead of time, but I'm really excited that you're here. So yeah. thank you. And I'm going to do I'm my excited. best and I'm going to do my best to stop him. That's generally. <laughs> Come, on, be my Come on, you can't, you can't kill this before it's begun. You can't like, I need <laughs> this is something I might, I need this doc. Just work no. with me. This is not a need. This is a want, Jeremiah. We'll do an episode on that at a later point in time. Oh, you in the doctory ways. <laughs> well, should we, talk to, should we talk to her? Do you think maybe we should do that now? Okay, Jeremiah? okay. I was getting there. I was about to segue. I was totally oh, about question. to segue. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome. And thank you so much. I know that, uh, so Nolina just flew in from Ireland last night. And was oh, wow. gracious enough to yeah. get out of bed on the West Coast to record <laughs> this this morning with us. So thank you again. So happy to have you here. So let's jump in. So many questions. So little time. Doc, why don't you why don't you jump off? I'll let you throw a little of that professionalism in there. <laughs> yeah, I love. I'll give you a chance to calm your heart rate. 
Thank down you. of Jeremiah. You. Yeah, I mean, I think what would be really helpful, Nalina, is just if you feel willing just to share a little bit of your story, since, uh, as Jeremiah has indicated, you spent some time in the adult film industry, maybe just a little bit about your background in that and kind of, I don't know, maybe give us a, a rundown a little bit of your story if you yeah, feel like what, okay with it. Yeah, like what got you started? What was your interest in the business? Like what led you there? Uh, it's so funny. Um, I I was in Peru for most of the the past year before the uh, right before the pandemic and through the pandemic, and then <laughs> I come back to LA. I'm with my friends. Uh, they're a bunch of gay guys, and they're all going into gay porn because the pandemic hit. They're like, let's do gay porn and make some money because um, we all lost our jobs. Love this idea so, already. So I was like, oh. Fuck it. Let me send some pictures into some agencies. Maybe I'll go into porn. Not thinking much of it. And I get phone calls that same night from agencies. And they were like, we want you. We want you. I'm like, don't you want to see me first? But no, I think, I don't know, maybe the pandemic or just my photos. They were like, okay, we want you. And <laughs> I was like, okay. I didn't really understand how the porn industry worked. I didn't realize you work. Like, I thought it was like, oh, you do a few scenes a month. They were like, okay, we have a scene for you in two days. <laughs> wow. So, it's, not a lot of, it's not a lot of time to kind of psychologically adjust is what I'm hearing. No. And then I was like, okay, why not? Um, I had no, like, shame around um, my sexuality or being open about it because I've been an, uh, a, a sex worker for years now. Um, this is just the first time, like, with that L.A. you're on camera vibe. Right, mm -hmm. right. So when you say you've been a sex worker, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I don't. I just wanted to say that before I get open about that. It's OK. No, of course. Gosh, no. We're, okay. Listen, we're huge advocates of the industry. We're huge advocates of sex, sex workers in general. Uh, and, you know, that we don't we're not. For us, like, you know, we we're going to talk about that OnlyFans thing that recently has been going down and some other things like that. But, yeah, no, absolutely. Please. Oh, you, I mean, that's all good okay. with you, right, Doc? I mean, am I saying anything that's going to get you in trouble? Yeah, with, like... no, I mean, I think, like, whenever you start to talk about things like sex, and I hope that that's some of, you know me, I love a complex dialogue, right? <laughs> and so, like, I think that whenever people start to hear phraseology, like pornography or sex work, like, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions and myths about, like, what that might mean, and, like, people might take sort of all-or-nothing viewpoints, and I really always, like, and think that it's important to have more thoughtful dialogues about like what that might mean like what are aspects of that that can be really great and wonderful what are aspects of that that can be difficult or maybe even problematic you know kind of that whole spectrum of um things around both of those areas that we don't really talk about uh so anyway i'm all in on a discourse that's Excellent. my one and i of my course psychologist am, answer yes. there we go and i am just ready to hear the story so <laughs> amazing <laughs> So I've been an escort in San Francisco for the past five years, I think. Yeah, five years. Um, the pandemic hit. I wasn't even in the country. Um, you can't really escort very accessibly during the pandemic. Uh, so porn was like this great transition. And I heard that happened to uh, many girls. Many girls went into porn during this time because of that. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. You know, I don't want to I don't want to talk about me too much, but I actually was asked to do gay porn. We've talked about this on previous episodes, but uh, I was doing a show and I came out and the guy was like, hey, I just saw you in this show because I do like Broadway shows, that sort of thing. And like all of a sudden the guy was like, hey, you know, by the way, I really enjoyed your performance, but I'm here in town recruiting. And would you be interested in doing, you know, some male on male pornography? And I just I'd stop. I had to think about it for a second because then he was like, you know, he he was like, it could be like, like four thousand dollars a scene or something. I'm like, four thousand dollars a scene. I'm like, but then I got insecure about it, Nolina. Okay, because then I was like, four thousand dollars. Well, I was like, is that am I being underbid or is you know what I mean? Like, is he not think that I'm like cute enough for five thousand? Like, I didn't know. Like, I don't I don't have the I don't have. Well, the I, would, I would like Nolina to answer if you were being underpaid or overpaid. Was I being paid well, Nolina? <laughs> That was super well. A scene was incredibly well. I don't think he was telling the truth. I was paid a, like a thousand dollars a scene, and then I paid fifteen percent out to my agent. Wow. So, 
Sue, so it sounds like maybe Jeremiah, you missed the boat on something. Well, there. clearly I did, yeah, you did. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to sleep so much better tonight that that's off my conscience. That I knew that he thought I was actually worth it, like that I was cute enough, like that he would have been like, "Yeah, you're worth it." And I was like, because I told the doc, I'm like, I just don't know. Like, was it enough? Yeah, but I have a question though. Was it like four thousand dollars? You know, like like I remember once I I got this sales job and they're like, you can make up to four thousand dollars, right? Oh, but like. Okay, I see like where you're going. Sort of like this. a commission-based scam where you have to do more, and there's no way to really. I'm just saying. Okay, thanks, Doc, for bursting you know. my bubble. So you're basically saying he was <laughs> saying that you could make up to a certain amount, like an Uber driver, like you know, you could make up to this much a month. Yeah, or you could make one hundred dollars. Oh my. Well, <laughs> see, so thank level. you, Nolina, for raising me up, and of course, Doc, thank you for bringing me down. <laughs> You're welcome. Can always My count favorite part on of you to keep me real. Okay, well, okay, so you've been an escort, then you went into the industry. Now, did you, I mean, what was your experience in the industry? Did you did you enjoy it? Were you enjoying the time there? Like, what was the industry like? Because, you know, we only know from, like, movies, you know, like, you don't watch, like, Boogie Nights. Like, is that what it was like? And I have no idea. So you, this is, like, one of those silly trope questions. Like, is it nice? Are people fun on set? You know, like, I have no idea. <laughs> Here's, like, the complex part that, it's hard to answer and I'm still trying to answer it for myself. So it was a great experience. I met some of the most amazing people um, that I've ever known. Amazing. And I really enjoyed working for the big companies like Brazzers and Naughty America and Reality Kings. They were amazing. Like I would go back any minute now if they asked me to do a scene and I would just do it. However, the machine of the porn industry there was like it was way too much way too much money like hands and everyone else's money kind of weirdness gotcha so like sense. a lot a lot of lot of political a lot of like you know uh greasing of palms kind of thing yeah well, um what's it called like uh they speak well got it <laughs> they know they yeah. know how to hustle a little bit got it a young girl and so i watched that you know yeah <laughs> So when when you talk about the spaces, like the companies that you mentioned that you feel like you were treated really well, like what about what they were doing, you feel like helped you feel like it was, you know, a, a good opportunity and positive? You know, I think that um, over the years, they've become very clear about the boundaries in those, especially in the larger companies, uh, because they don't want to have the bad name. And so in that, the the what was going on and what was going to happen was super clear and everyone there was a mature adult and nothing like, Hey, do you want to hook up behind the scene? Which is fine. Sometimes I'm down for a little something like that, but Amazing. I kind of just wanted to go do my work and I appreciated that very much. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that that speaks to like, right. When I talk about, you know, maybe, and, and I'd be interested in your take on this, obviously, around like, you know, misconceptions people might have around pornography is like one of the things that I sometimes talk with folks about is like, you know, not all pornography is created equal, you know, like there's obviously like this big push for this idea of ethical porn, right? And a lot of people that may have struggles around the idea of pornography, and this is to say like nobody has to watch it, right? But like is this idea, I think when people have struggles often is around this idea of exploitation. And I think when I hear you talk about like some of those companies that you had better experiences with and boundaries, what it sounds like to me, and I want to make sure I'm understanding it correctly, is that you're talking a little bit about like efforts to reduce, you know, instance of exploitation in any kind of way. Am I understanding that part correctly? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well said. And they're getting very good at making that clear. Right. Well, that's awesome well, and, because, and I, you know, we, we're really big. You know, we talk about these things all the time when it comes to like consent and, you mm -hmm. know, and it, especially when you say like boundaries, like, you know, because you do hear like wild stories, like horror stories of like, you know, I was tricked. I was supposed to do X. And then I walked in and it was like a five guy gangbang that I was I never signed up for. Like, you know, but do you not take the money? You know, you could hurt your reputation if you bail on somebody and they could, you know, drag you through the mud kind of a thing. Like, you know, those are the kind of stories that we hear about. So that you're so hearing that that uh, the, some of the bigger companies are going out of their way to be a, a bit better with, you know, that sort of thing sounds really good. The ethics, me. the ethics of it. Yeah, that word. <laughs> ethics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Um, unfortunately, though, I did have like not the best experiences in all of my scenes with all the companies. 
but it was a good experience for me to understand. Yeah. Excellent. So when those experiences were a little bit, and to whatever degree you're comfortable sharing, but like, were there certain things that would make those experiences more difficult or, um, you know, I guess less positive for you? Um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, I was a new girl in the industry, so I didn't have this platform and it, and it's kind of like you're expendable and they make that very clear. Like we can find another, another hot girl in a few weeks and you'll be nobody next week. Wow. And that seems to be like the Hollywood thing also. So I understood it, but yeah, there was this like, oh, we all want to be with the new girl and what we have, you know, like we'll, we will use it against her advantage because she wants to be successful. So mm-hmm. if that, does that make sense? No, it course. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like taking, maybe also taking advantage of someone at the beginning of a, of a career when people are trying to establish something. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because you're the fresh face, you know, you're the, you're the new girl and you have very little experience in the industry. And so then, you know, people want to, you know, take advantage of that want to be the first ones to you know you know be with you on camera and all that sort of thing first i'm sure that that's a part of it you know and you are right like the hollywood thing there's a lot of expendability in there so i could only imagine the porn industry yeah i would hear i would think it'd be a lot of the same yeah i mean you know this is a little i mean everyone knows that jeremiah's done theater but a little known fact is that i had a very brief period of time in the arts and i think sort of across the arts there's a little bit of a similar trend. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I did I did some very bizarre shows that I can say <laughs> were not exactly what I signed up for. There was one where I just laid in a unitard underneath a tarp of mud for about 45 minutes. Doc, and I was we all, something doc, very different. We all sacrifice for our art, Doc. Okay. And that yeah. right there, please. Uh all of our fans over at the University of Pleasure, uh, will you please all email us at contact at universityofpleasure.com to see if Doc will release a video of her in a unitard <laughs> laying with mud on top of her. That's been, would... bar- that's been buried pretty deep, and I highly doubt it since it was oh. in a high school auditorium that like only the director's parents came and watched. Oh, so I'm pretty God, <laughs> I want to see it so bad now. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. We're getting off topic here. Uh, but no, we, we're with you. So totally understand. Um, so, okay. Another another silly, like, basic question. Are, are there aspects of the industry? Because, you know, all, all cisgender male guys that I know that enjoy pornography uh, or the adult film industry in general, they all know, like, do you enjoy yourself in the process or is it just work? Because, like, I know, like, that I go do something. It's just work. I'm just doing my thing. But, you know, a lot of guys ask that question. It's a real question. It's a legit, it's a legit question, Doc. I I don't think it really is like even a specific gender asked that question. I think across gender people are wondering, I mean, part of the eroticism is often, you know, watching people and, you know, there might be certain interests, but a lot of times people are being turned on at the idea that the person in the video is enjoying themselves as well, right? Pleasure from pleasure, compersion. Right, so for me, for me, I was so happy to fuck some of those guys yes i was super happy like xander corvus i watched his porn when i was like 15 and i gotta do i got two scenes with him and i was like this is everything <laughs> yes <laughs> so i loved it from a very like slutty side of me but like the the sensual like deep sex romance side definitely not there got <laughs> like it. In porn, got it you know Absolutely. And that's actually what I'd prefer. Like, I like deep sensuality, which was not there, but. Sure. It was great. It was great. (laughs) That is amazing. What an amazing answer. Because I got to tell you, like, if I. So, like, when I was younger, it was, um, you know, Jenna Jameson was like the star of stars. So, like, if I all of a sudden had an opportunity, like, to sleep with Jenna Jameson, <laughs> I'd be the same. Even if it was work, I'm like, hey, this might be work, but this might be the greatest day of work of my life. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> So thank you for answering that question. Something I've been harboring since I was 12. So, yeah. (laughs) And they know what they're doing, which is so fun. (laughs) Yes. I could only imagine. Like, you know, so when I was in the swinging lifestyle for a long time and, you know, there was a guy always used to pop up on this one private like club site. And he was 
uh, a, a film star. And he would always like be on like the booty call feature. Like if you just want to get laid today by like a porn star. And one of my friends, like literally from the lifestyle went and hooked up with him. Like you did? He's like there every day. That's amazing. You actually did that? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, and what? Tell me what happened. What happened, Lucy? You know, and she was like, it was, he was amazing. He knew what he was doing and he blew my mind. So amazing. I love this. All right. So. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I think, you know, I think I've heard people talk a little bit about like, and obviously not, it doesn't apply to every person, but you know, people in the adult film industry that like some of the, some of the folks in there are like, you know, like they're sexual athletes. Like, yes. you know. Oh my God. Oh my, the guys, the, the porn stars, men who have been in for 10 years. They are real. I don't see how they do that. That's amazing. Yeah. I just, my heroes, so many heroes. Just like, <laughs> and by the way, Doc, can we get t-shirts that say sexual athletes? Like my, the University of Pleasure supports sexual athletes. Go to the so sexual that. Olympics. <laughs> I feel like it probably already exists, but I'll, you can look into it. Jeremy. I'm going to look into it. I'm going to get a t-shirt. It's going to be made. I love this already. So uh, let's talk about some like, uh, misconceptions of the industry. How about that? Like things that, you know, we can dispel. What do you think, Doc? Good segue? Yeah, I think that in my, I talk about porn, I've talked about pornography, people's feelings, like as a clinician, um, or even, you know, as a teacher and an educator, um, like people have a lot of misconceptions around pornography, right? And for me, you know, I think that one of the things that comes up, like, you know, I might be giving a lecture and speak incredibly briefly on pornography and then i ask are there any questions and about a thousand hands go up right and okay, it's, first of all you know it, you're lying to our guests don't ever say that you spoke briefly about anything nothing you when you're in doctor <laughs> mode nothing is brief nothing it's true that's accurate Con concision is not really my forte however i will say too just as like as a clinician right like people you know, like all you need to do is to go to like any art museum in the world. And it's clear that people have liked observing other people being sexual since the beginning of time, right? Like that's represented in imagery for like ever. Um, but I think that people obviously, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, have a lot of conflicted feelings about what they enjoy. And a lot of times with pornography and sometimes for some people, their use of it gets out of hand, sometimes it doesn't. And so it's really fascinating to me sometimes when I start having dialogues with people around pornography, how kind of all or nothing people can kind of be in there thinking about it. So yeah, I always think it's, and I would love to hear from you, what are some of the, just being on the inside of it, what are some of the misconceptions you've noticed or feel like people might have of you or the industry, like you having done it or the industry itself? Yeah, it's actually really cool because this is what I've been thinking about uh, since I left. And I, and I was like angry at the industry. I was like, how could you create this art that teaches people that this is what sex is. I've had that true anger. And then I also know it has helped people explore their sexuality. So um, in that, you know, luckily there's lots of porn out there. And uh, now that with OnlyFans, there's, there's a lot of homemade porn, which I feel is a lot more real. So people can have like all of the ways to to oh, ways of porn, ways to have sex to view. But, you know, I'm not just sitting around waking up every morning and like, I need some cum in my mouth today. Let me tweet that. <laughs> right. Because right. that seems to be the porn star thing is to just be the mega slut. And I couldn't play that role. Like, it was not me. I couldn't keep up with it. Sure. I tried, though. I tried. <laughs> yeah well i mean i think that that's so like what do you what do you think or what in your journey kind of made you decide to exit the industry in that way um i i left the industry uh, i would say for many reasons but one reason was because i couldn't handle having sex like that three four or five days a week because they are sexual athletes a lot of these guys and it is uh, like. I'm going to pound the fuck out of you because that's what you do in porn and you don't look each other in the eye. Luckily I did have good relationships with them, like as people, but, um, I don't know. I just can't get hammered for four or five days a week. I could get hammered every once in a while though. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I think, you know, that's right there. I mean, that's another question that I that kind of went with my last question. Like you enjoy it, but you know, is it just work? But I would just think like, 
even, you know, as a sister to male with a penis, like if I was pounding my wife like that every like four or five times a week, even I would be sore. Like I'd be like, oh, man, give me an ice pack here. Like this is, this is a lot. This is a lot, you know. So I can only imagine like, you know, trying to do that, you know, and these guys, you know. They're like tripods. Their dicks are like, you know, they like lean over and like just stand there and, and, and chill. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and God bless them. I mean, if I had a penis that big, I'd never wear pants ever. But that's not the point. We're not talking about me. But I really can imagine. Can I, can I just make a quick like public service announcement that yeah. regardless of how large your penis is, you should always wear pants in public. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, poor stock. And I, I got dressed today. I'm wearing clothes. I wore a shirt. I was trying to be respectful to our guests. So I, yes, well, always look, wear look, pants. Look, man, my job on this show is sometimes to be the heavy. All right. <laughs> So no, I can only I can only imagine Alina, and that that is something that I did wonder, like physically. I mean, just the just the physical aspect, like you know, we're talking about uh, you know everyday folks, you know, especially here on the podcast, like the doc and I, she gives us amazing knowledge, like so much amazing knowledge about how to like work into different things. Like we've talked a lot about anal, we talk about toys, we talk about these different things that you know people may not have experienced, and you know, the doc is always like, hey, you know, work your way up. You know, work your way into certain things, you know, and, and she's really big about, you know, really gives me a hard time, especially when it comes to like foreplay and stuff like it, because I'll be like, this was great. She'd be like, yeah, not a lot of foreplay in this story that we're reviewing here. As you were saying, <laughs> well, like looking into somebody's that often eyes. That the human body has its limits. Exactly. <laughs> to, right. <laughs> so that's to, amazing. To, to some of your points, Nolina, it sounds like that just the like literally the logistics, like the physical logistics of it sounded like they were. A lot. Exactly. I mean, that was the biggest thing for me. And I was like, I can't put my body in PTSD. Uh, I can't do this. Um, but yeah, there was other things. That was the main thing. I guess, yeah, you had spoken a little bit about the industry as kind of like a, a machine. Do you want to, can you, do you mind saying a little bit more about what you meant by that? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was beginning to be three or four scenes a week. And it's a lot to handle because you also have to make sure your nails are done and your hair looks good and you got the clothes, you bring your own wardrobe, all of these things. And then on top of it, OnlyFans, everyone was doing OnlyFans and making their own co own content. So you have that also. And you have to like keep your content going on OnlyFans. It's like they wanted me to post three times a day and wow, that's a lot. I had a publicist lined up. So I was going to do like interviews all the time. And I think because of OnlyFans, because porn stars weren't making that much money before OnlyFans and then OnlyFans pops up and they're making 50 to $100,000 a month. That Doc, we're in the wrong really... business. We're in the wrong yeah. business. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, but I think to her point, it sounds like it's hard to sustain. <laughs> I think is the point she's making. Although I have a lot of friends who are still doing it and they're crushing it with life. Good that's on awesome. them. Good for yeah, them. I mean, Good and that's them. a lot. But I guess to my point earlier, when I when it was like, it doesn't sound like you had a lot of time to psychologically adjust to that. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of elements of that that would be uh, just a you know a psychological shift. Um, you know, in terms of like not just the um, like the literal physicality of going in and being sexual with different people, but also adjustment to the, like, what is required to like maintain a fan base. I don't know. If, I hope I'm understanding that part correctly. No, that's completely true. And I, I never had that anything like this in my life. I've been very blessed to be very laid back and chill as an escort. I didn't have to work that much. And it was like a shock to me and it was a lot of expectations. Sure. And and I'm not the L.A. like go to a party and, and be the celebrity girl on your arm. That's not me. So it, it was just never going to work out. I, I couldn't keep up with it. I need to go be in the mountain for two months and then I'll come back to the city and then I'm going to go back to the mountain. There you <laughs> go. Well, yeah, I know that feeling as well. That's been my whole life. I mean, I grew up in a really, really small town. And then, you know, when I went to the big city, like I always craved going back. And so that was finally where I made my life in the middle of nowhere. 
and uh, it's the greatest because I can hop into Manhattan for work and things I might need to do, and then I'm just I'm back I'm back in 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 nature in the woods. So I feel you, Nolina. I feel like we're kindred yeah, exactly. spirits. I think we should be best friends. I'm just feeling, <laughs> you know, totally platonic, just best pals, you know, because it feels right to me. Are you feeling this, Doc? Or if she's like she's like a female version of me, where should be friends? I mean, I don't know. It feels like you're not really giving her much choice in this friendship at this point, but you know. <laughs> Was I being too pushy? Am I being too pushy, Nolene? Am I putting you on the spot? I'm sorry. No, no. We would be great friends. See, there we go. See, Doc. Sit on a mountain and do nothing. <laughs> Listen, you're speaking my language. Uh, I'm just, just understand I'm extremely basic. Like I drink White Claws and like I'm not, like there's nothing super highbrow. So I'm not going to have like really <laughs> super, super fancy. Yeah, like, like I'm just going to sit there on a mountain with a, a raspberry white claw and live my best life with my friend, Nolina Nix. That's it. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got excited again. So let's get back on topic. All right. So. You know, Jeremiah, I'm going to surprise you with something. What? Do you think we should take a break right now? Holy shit. Are you turning over a new leaf? Like, what is happening right now? I'm on vacation. This is vacation. Okay, doc. okay, you're, I, I get it now. The doc's like, all right, I got shit to do. Let's. I'm yeah, on vacation. I'm on vacation. Still. <laughs> like, let's. We're not going to keep rolling here. All right. So, by the way, you have to understand, Nolina. She never. Like every time I try to segue, anytime I try to stop, she's. She'll be like, I have more to say. I'm like, jeepers creepers. So, for the fact that she's doing this right now, are you just trying to make yourself look really great in front of Nolina? I mean, seriously. I mean, like seventy percent. Okay. Seventy. <laughs> all right. Well. We'll be right back. And we're back with Nolina Nix, former adult film star, absolute extraordinaire, and Jeremiah James's new best friend. So excited to continue on this dialogue about the entertainment, uh, the adult film industry. And one of the things I know that you are a a big advocate for sex workers. And yet, and as you were so gracious to explain to us that you had been a sex worker before you went into uh, the industry, um, I was furious about this OnlyFans thing that just recently happened. Because, you know, here's a, here's a perfect example of, you know, a major corporation. These people made more money than God, right? And all off the back of sex workers. Don't tell me that it's people going on there to watch some like TikTok video of just some random person singing about their dog. That's not I'm, I'm sure that exists on OnlyFans, but if you were to ask 10 people off the street, what is OnlyFans, what's it about? The first thing they're going to tell you is about, you know, pictures, sex, sex workers, so on and so forth, right? And so then to see this corporation all of a sudden become so huge and then go, oh, we're going to get rid of all of that content, all of those content creators were going to be hosed. Did you hear about this, Doc? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, no, I know. I absolutely know what you're talking about. I have like, I'm interested in your feelings about it. I have some pretty strong, strong feelings around it um, in regard to the ways in which it impacts safety for sex workers. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty and I'll, I can talk more about that. But I'm definitely interested in what Melina has to say about it as well. Well, I'm so happy that you just said that because my thought process is like, you know, in all truth, and I don't know the statistics as well as others, but like people die when things like this happen in sex work, um, when people lose their way of making income in a very short amount of time. And so it's been a very serious like fear for me for the sex work world. And then also all of the other platforms that are at risk when this happens to right. such a big platform. So I've just been furious but confused and now i understand that OnlyFans is not going to change anything yep. as of this morning so it i don't know what is a pub publicity stunt i don't know who's really behind it it's it's a mess so yeah i don't know what do you what do you what do you think yeah i mean so for i think um i don't do you, do you all remember i think it was like two years back or so it was pre-covid when craigslist got rid of its capacity for people to post yeah. any kind of do people remember yeah, this absolutely do yes. yeah mm -hmm. right so i do a lot of work with folks that do sex works and i want to be quick because i don't know if we said it like sex work is a continuum right like sex work might not just be like pornography right or escorting like it might for some people it's maybe like doming right or subbing or it might you know what i mean there's a lot of different and things that yep. people might categorize as sex work. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, 
you know, I've worked with a lot of folks with whom, you know, back in the day with Craigslist, like that was a way for people to um, kind of really, and I don't think people thought about it, you know, uh, really like sort of safely um, assess who it is they might be going and meeting, right? Or finding a way to do that digitally, you know, to like actually create more physical safety and like more, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like uh, just more initial assessment of risk in certain ways. And I think that in a certain, and, and when that got rid of, and when they got rid of that on Craigslist, right? Like it put people feel like it put a lot of um, folks that I work with and knew kind of in a position in which they felt like they didn't have the same um, capacity to continue to do their work and like maybe assess things in the way that they wanted to. And similarly, when I think about OnlyFans, obviously it's a little bit different, but the a different angle I think of that same lens is, you know, there's a lot of folks that, really have found a lot of safety in OnlyFans in it being really a, this digital flat pa uh, platform that's really easy to access and do sex work rather than putting themselves in physical situations. So this is more like, and across the gender spectrum, I've worked with people that engage in sex work, but I also specifically have worked with a lot of trans women that engage in sex work or trans feminine folks that engage in sex work. And, you know, there's a higher proponents of, like there's a higher uh, statistical rate of violence of trans violence trans women them, yeah. right violence right. against trans women and you know a lot of them have been able to do that work from the safety and security of their own homes and have that reliability of income and were that you know with only fans like who knows what they're doing right now but like were that to go away not only would it create economic instability it would also then force back into certain scenarios where physical safety is put at higher risk. And that's just one example, I think, of the complexity of the dialogue around, you know, when we think about sex work and, you know, the different forums and platforms that people have been able to engage in them with. Sorry, I hope that made sense. And 100%. <laughs> <love that>. Yeah, <laughs> you just hit it. <laughs> yeah, you hit it out of the park, Doc. It's it's totally true that when sex workers are shamed and then uh, they the, we're the ability for them to make money, as you're saying, economic instability, and then adding shame and adding um, the, oh, I was reading something not too long ago that it had nothing to do with OnlyFans, but it was uh, it was something about, um, you know, how like Denmark has a red light district and all of these other things. And they are actually treated very well by the government, by the police, like, you know, they're, it's regulated, all these other things, right? And, uh, but it's proven when it is shamed that there's a higher rate of physical abuse, violence, um, people die, you know, uh, well, and uh, aspects I mean, the, of STDs, <laughs> STIs, all that sort of thing. And when old, and I'm sorry, but when OnlyFans shut down, that was my first thought that these people are going to be pushed, first of all, economic instability. And two, OnlyFans are assholes because they're only who they are because of these people. And to then all of a sudden shun them, globally shun them is outrageous on levels of just like mm, the corporate monsters you assholes and then and then finally that that was going to shove people into uh you know this place of having to hide or be afraid or be hurt and and it really just oh it made me so angry oh and i'm so glad and they wimped out of course because the the backlash because i truly believe doc and i want to hear your thoughts on this too nolina and the doc i really think you know, with OnlyFans and, you know, Patreon and all these different things out there and the Internet in general, that it has really helped to bring a sense of, uh, of normalizing sex workers in a way that didn't exist beforehand, where they have been able to bind together. They've been able to support one another openly and to not be ashamed. And then to take that all away from them um, was rotten. There it is. Vote for Jeremiah for president. Thank you all very much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. Uh, Nolina, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was, I, I do know. It's just like, you know what, you guys? I don't know what to say, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and you know, I, I think that, um, I guess for me, when I think about, um, some of these, uh, I guess some of these pieces and, and how they all move, right? Like, obviously these are like really complex issues and, you know, I talk about it a lot and I know Lilina, you're not 
on this podcast regularly. Um, but you know, one of the things I talk about a lot and it drives Jeremiah nuts is right. Like, like we think about things often as a culture in very black and white terms. And a lot of these things are very multi-dynamic and, you know, of course there can be costs and problems. Um, you know, if we talk about sex work or pornography industry, um, but then there are also certain things that can be benefits or be pluses. And I think to your point, Jeremiah, like one of the things that some of these online forums have allowed and platforms have allowed is, um, you know, it's ironic because a lot of stuff in sex work or the pornography industry, right. You know, the fear and concern and sort of the moral high ground that people might take is about exploitation, but what has reduced exploitation is allowing people some control and agency over what they were doing with their own bodies and how that is happening. That's actually reducing exploitation, not increasing it. And so I think that it's just a complex dialogue that I would love to see people have in maybe more thoughtful ways. Right. It's, it's, can I, I can give more information. I actually would like to be pretty open about this. My OnlyFans experience as a porn girl, um, people were trying to make money off of me, and it was consensual. I'm no victim to it. It was just interesting how it, it's becoming a shift in that way. Sure. But I'm fully for, I'm so glad it exists, or ha- <laughs> did exist, <laughs> um, for you know people own their own content, and they could work without having to be a submissive to some higher studio or company um it's a complex thing because i also feel there are conversations that need to be had and i don't know how to go there and i think Mm -hmm. it scares a lot of people in the industry to even go there even though they know what's going on sure that makes sense yeah well you do not have to expose anybody here you are safe (laughs) with us nolina nix um you were going to say something, Doc. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I think, and yeah, and I think that that's the thing, like, we talk about all the time on the podcast is, like, I think people jump to conclusions very quickly around something's all good or it's all bad. And often it's like, well, it depends. And, like, as a psychologist, like, that's something that, like, will drive people nuts all the time. People ask me, well, like, what do you think about this? And be like, well, it depends, right? Drives like, so insane. If you take something, it drives It drives insane. Jeremiah insane, right? Like, so you could take something like OnlyFans and you could be like, well, what do you think about pe- people being able to use this for sex work? And I could be like, well, it depends, right? Like, there are probably corners of it in which exploitation, like, readily and continues to happen. And there are other corners of it in which it allows people greater control and agency, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's like tons of stuff in between and really more my mission and goal in life would be to have conversations such like this such as this one right where people are having more thoughtful dialogue around this stuff because i think it would lead to better outcomes and decision making i just want to say i really appreciate that because i think people are afraid to just be open and that's why it has to be like black or white to choose a side mm-hmm well, and if the doc big, has taught me anything, issue. it's about being gray. I got to be in the <laughs> middle. And so I'll be like, let me fix this right now. And she'll be like, okay, Jeremiah, that's not what we, we don't need to fix. We're just having a dialogue. I'm like, yeah, but I can solve this problem right now. Like, we'll just solve it. So I have and learned like, a lot and, and I'm, I'm grateful. Like, there's too about. many layers to just solve it right now. You have to slow down and understand the problem. And actually, yeah. to your point, Nolina, talk about it to truly understand it in order to try to create some better solutions. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I still think they're assholes. I like the Jeremiah. You're just you're frozen just giving me a dirty look on my screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> Screenshot it like I did for you with that one picture that's now when every time you call me. It's with you like yeah. with your hand on your face. It's so good. It's like my Great. favorite thing ever. So I, okay, a couple other things I wanted to kind of briefly touch on here before uh, we have to get the doc back to vacation. Um, (laughs) One of the other things was um, since you've left the industry, you have gone kind of on like a wellness journey. And we just wanted to hear a little bit about that. Like you're into like plant-based medicine. I look at the truth is I don't have the best diet. Okay. I try to stay in shape, but like, I don't have like the best diet. All right. And so, you know, you know, you're obviously somebody who is out there. It's like, you know, are there things I should be eating? Should I like be foraging out in my field and like finding things that are going to like heal my bursitis in my thumb? Is that a thing? You know, what's so funny. Um, by plant medicine, I mean, 
like I work with ayahuasca a lot. Oh, and, even uh, better. <laughs> but I'm also vegan, so that works too. <laughs> oh my god, I'm learning so much. I knew it. Yeah, and actually, this has been my path. Like I've been working with this for the last three years. And so it's been before and after porn, but definitely after porn has been an experience. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Plant-based, med- plant-based medicine, ayahuasca. Is, Iowa- is that how I say ayahuasca? <laughs> ayahuasca. Yeah. ayahuasca. No, one ayahuasca. Second, maybe just for Jeremiah. and Because <laughs> before we go down this path, Melina, do you mind explaining what ayahuasca is? Ayahuasca is this, we could say, psychedelic brew from the Amazon they've been using for thousands of years um, that is used medicinally in ceremony. Uh, Think like magic mushrooms on steroids. Whoa. It's now being studied at John Hopkins. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. (laughs) I did magic mushrooms one time on a beach in L.A., and I... I I ate the most the most medicinal of all of uh, all hundred yeah, percent. And I, I ended up <laughs> eating a bottle of suntan lotion. Like it was just it was a trip, man. Like I was watching this girl put suntan lotion on this other girl's back. And then like they started their hands started to merge. And so I was like, I should do that too. I should put suntan lotion on. And then I was like putting suntan lotion on. I was like, it smells so good. Why does it smell so good? And I was like, oh. and I was watching them, and I must have looked like such a creep because I was like staring and putting sunscreen lotion on and like smelling no. my hands. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, with the suntan lotion, I was like, oh. and I just like put it in my mouth, and I was like, oh. so that was my experience on mushrooms. Amazing. You know how you wanted a video of me under that muddy tarp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone I'm sure someone caught that on video at the beach and promptly, you know, submitted it to a local Doc, <laughs> I, I, if that exists, that would be the greatest thing because you know me, like I always have crazy stories, but the truth is they're real. And people be like, That's not real. Did he really do that? And like friends that were there that day were like, Oh shit. We were like, Don't eat that. <laughs> you know, like but, no. but I did. Okay. It was but it was the nineties, so there was no digital video around. So lucky me. Dodge that bullet, folks. All right. So question for you then. You've been out of the industry. You're on this wellness thing, but you were saying like you really like the eye contact and like more sensual sort of uh, physical sexual contact. Would you go back to the industry to do more of that, like more of that type of uh, adult films? Because I've seen a lot of like recently, especially like sex art and all this kind of stuff. Like you know, it is it's seemingly much more passionate, much more intimate, and and like lovely in that way right so right now that's my plan is to go back but not necessarily to the porn industry but to make my own content and i seem to have a lot of uh, support from people in the industry who want to you know bring themselves to that amazing um yeah but i don't think it'll ever be like my main career again it'll be something on the side um, but for fun also. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like us here at the podcast, yeah. Doc. We do it just for fun and because it helps <laughs> people. So do you take any of the things that you've learned from your the plant-based medicine and your travels that you would want to infuse in your own content in that way? Yeah. To be completely honest, uh, Wachuma is like mescaline and it's a cactus. Mm-hmm. So uh, mescaline is really good for like the energy in the body. So to move energy in and out of the body. And I would like to use that and um, use that during my the time I film, but also just when I'm with partners to just move energy sexually and, and the trauma that gets stored in the body. Excellent. It's very good for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I like that softness and sensuality. And I like Tantra, but I don't like Tantra like the mainstream stuff. I, I like taking pieces of it and using it how I like you know, building your sense. own way. See, I love that. Absolutely. Like building your own way, taking the things that you've learned in your travels, mm-hmm. taking your experience from the adult film industry, making your own content, but infusing it with these different aspects of your life. I think that's amazing. Thank you. That's exactly. Incredible. What do you think about that doc? I'm ready to watch some pieces of Tantra, pieces of mescal, pieces of stuff, you know, content. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, like, you know me, like I said, like I always am like the heavy where I'm like, oh, that's really fascinating. And then also how do you intersect that with consent? You know what I mean? Like oh, those are sort yes. of, see no. what I do. See what I deal with my new best friend. Do you see what I have to deal with? She's just like, just pulls a carpet right off her own. Well, it's like, wow, I'm really feeling though, right? this. Because Nolina, like, obviously like Nolina is talking about her making that choice to use it. Right. It would be different. Nolina. If you were like anyone in any of my films, you need to be on masculine to do something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not. You yeah, know, that's not really what I'm hearing your vibe is. If no. I'm understanding you correctly. No, someone who's also consensual. For sure. <laughs> yes. And not all my just more uh awareness of like the body absolutely <laughs> don't hurt me don't hurt me i think that's amazing well listen nolina thank you so so much for coming on here dealing with my very excited nature and for answering the questions that i have desperately wanted to know since i was a little boy about the industry that was sounded really bad, like a little boy. Like when I was a kid getting into yeah, adult films, just... I'll fix that in post-production. <laughs> but, but genuinely, thank you so much. You've been so wonderful. You're such wonderful energy. I'm so excited that we're going to be best friends and climb mountains together and drink basic <laughs> fish white claws. Doc, I can't thank you enough for what you do and keeping me in line and, uh, you know, asking such pointed questions that I, of course, would never be smart enough to ask. But I thought that uh, I asked some pretty good questions this time around. Not that I'm fishing, Doc, but uh, I thought that I had some really insightful... Uh, didn't you yeah. feel it? That I maybe had done yes. some homework this time? <laughs> sure, Jeremiah. Yes, Jeremiah. Absolutely. No, no, Lena, just so you know, Jeremiah requires a lot of positive reinforcement. Thank you. So you did I a good job, Jeremiah. Huh? I thought late. he was amazing. You're, You're amazing. Incredible. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. So Thank <laughs> And thank you, Nolina, for giving Jeremiah that gift. That's what he needed. <laughs> but in all seriousness, thank you so much for coming on and being here at the University of Pleasure. Again, we really are about teaching people. And this gives folks the opportunity to just learn a little bit more about that world. And the fact that you were so open about it was really awesome. And we're so excited about your future content. Do you have like a website or anything? Or is that coming in the future that we could point people to? Um, not yet. My Instagram is the best way. Nolina Nix. Hit I'm going to travel some more and then I'll be back. All yeah. right. Well, keep up the travel. Um, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Doc, for all that you do for so many. Grateful for you. Grateful to be back. Have a great rest of your vacation, Doc. And Thank you. Uh, I'll be uh, talking to you soon. But uh, you got to put on a lot more sunscreen than I do because you are like... The Doc is very alabaster skin. If she went out of the sun, you're going to come in and be burnt. Right, Doc? Yeah, I'm careful. already. I'm already. It's a hot sun here. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll take care everybody uh be kind to one another and we will talk to you all again soon bye 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 doc bye bye nolina thank you, thank you. this episode of the university of pleasure was produced directed and edited by me jeremiah james it was written by dr tara jansen and me jeremiah james the University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Feldstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.